Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We could not talk or talk forever. And still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, April 6, 2023. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 806 of the Biden-Harris administration, 579 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram. Please avail yourselves of my Instagram feed at TheBobSeska. My Twitter is BobSeska underscore go. Spoutable Bob Seska. Our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. And sitting right over there is the Goth Ninjas. Yeah. We're ready to start with Jody Hamilton. Spicy Jody. She's from the uh, From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Also, the Stephanie Miller show, stephaniemiller.com. And David Ferguson, his music project is Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com, all of that stuff. Okay, Goth Ninjas, hi. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Did, did you watch all of the things on Tuesday? Did you see the arrest yeah, of Donald yeah. Trump? Yes, I, I loved watching watch. him not open, have the door not held open for him. <laughs> that was great, getting bopped in the face with the door. Yep. He did? He comes in. What? Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't get he, bopped He moved in the it face, with his right? shoulder. He had to move it. Nobody, they did keep the door open for him be, for various reasons because you don't want to turn around with your gun available to a defendant. Yeah. But they, the first guard came through, opened the door for the second guard because that's okay. And then the second guard just walks through, does not even remotely try to hold the door open. So Trump had to move it with his um, uh, (laughs) shoulder. And he barely moved the door. Like he tried to push it. It moved a couple of inches. He went around the door to proceed on and scowl into the camera, which he did the entire time, at least according to the photos and the incredible courtroom sketch by Janet Rosenberg. Oh, my God. There's literally a pile of crushed Adderall sitting in front of him on the table. There's some, (laughs) have you seen, there's like a white pile of something in that courtroom sketch. I just noticed it the other day. I don't know what she was drawing, what the courtroom artist was drawing there, but it looks like a Tony Montana style sized pile of cocaine or crushed Adderall or something sitting right there in front of him. And he's got, and he's got such a scowl. It's like an upside down letter U on his face. That's his, that's the shape of his mouth. They were really hoping to have some sort of material to market 
to sell merch to rip off all of Donald Trump's fanboys mm-hmm. uh, by getting them to subscribe or donate $47 or something like that and then get a T-shirt. They can't use that courtroom sketch. Well, first of all, because it's property of Reuters, but also because it looks so hideous. Donald Trump looks amazingly hideous in this drawing. It's just one of my favorite things of the entire process. Um, no, he looks like a scowling pile of meat. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? Can you see the courtroom sketch in front of you? I've have seen you like- it, yeah. Okay. I don't have it in front of me. I did not notice the white pile. Maybe it's Kleenex? I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm not making that up. I've seen it. It's there. <laughs> It's it true. Just glare on the table, but yeah. You know. Well, I mean, that's probably what it was intended to be. I mean, I don't think the courtroom artist is like, okay, well, this is Donald Trump's pile of cocaine here in the Manhattan criminal courtroom. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that, but it looks like that. Uh, lots more to talk about on that front, including how Donald Trump continues to threaten the life of Judge Mershon, uh, Judge Mershon's family, Alvin Bragg, Alvin Bragg's family. And by the way, just as a point of order, we're going to be referring to what happened on Tuesday, not as Donald Trump's arraignment or his indictment. The terminology has to be that Donald Trump was arrested because everyone understands the ramifications and the definition of the word arrested, right? Technically, he wasn't arrested, though. Oh, really? He He turned himself in and was arraigned. Because he didn't get arrested because I I was listening to I refused to watch Andrea Mitchell whilst this was happening because Andrea Mitchell. Uh, So I was watching it on CNN and one of the lawyers that used to work for the DA's office said, well, normally before a grand jury, you'd be you're arrested. Yeah. And then the grand jury indicts. In this instance, they indicted and they didn't go to arrest him because they arranged for him to be turned in. So technically he wasn't arrested. They didn't cuff him. Um, he turned himself in voluntarily, so that's not arresting. But he was fingerprinted. I do believe he was fingerprinted, um, and I'm not sure about the DNA. Uh, and we know he, they didn't do a mugshot because New York doesn't necessarily need it for him at this moment in time. Um, and so he was just arraigned. He was brought in. He was processed, but he was technically not a, under arrest. He was in custody, but not under arrest, if that makes It's a distinction without a difference, perhaps, but... Right, right. Well, that makes total sense. Plus, you're fired from the show. Um, okay, <laughs> I have two more miles to walk, so... I, <laughs> kidding. Well, I'm going to call it... that. I'm going to say that he was arrested. Because I'm seeing here, NBC News has used the word arrested. The BBC has used the word arrested. The New York Times. I'm seeing CNN... Uh, despite that analyst, what he said on the show, or she said, uh, the independent has used the word arrest. So, oh my God, even Fox News has used the word arrest. So uh, I'd like to go with arrest if that's okay. Because okay. I mean, you know, that why not? <laughs> it's okay. technically he went in, he got booked, he got booked for detained, detained, yeah. So we're going to go with arrested. It just feels good. It feels good to say that. And we deserve to feel good after the torture that this nation has endured, that the world has endured for all of these years. Uh, Finally, Donald Trump was held accountable. Donald Trump is going on trial. Donald Trump is in a situation that he's never had to experience before. Donald Trump is making history in the worst way. He had to fly home not as a triumphant hero, but he had to fly back to his hometown in disgrace 
in order to be arrested slash indicted slash arraigned. Did you watch his press conference from Mar-a-Lago? Because I didn't. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. I saw enough of it to get a sense of what was going on. Yeah. And? And he seemed somber and exhausted. And he was a little... little, So somber. He he was like uh, sniffly and things like that. So obviously Mm. that's one of the things that he always does. Somber. So somber. There he is. Yes, indeed. So that was it. I mean, there's nothing really to remark about (laughs) that. But we're going to get back to Donald Trump's reaction to everything. Because he did violate instructions from the judge. Apparently, the proceeding took a little longer than expected because the judge had to dress down Donald Trump, not only in terms of making sure that Donald Trump acts with decorum in the courtroom, but also doesn't issue any death threats afterwards, that he stops the effery, you know, with mm-hmm. threatening the judge and the judge's family, et cetera, Alvin Bragg and Alvin Bragg's family and so on. But that didn't stop him. Donald Trump's going to push and push and push because Donald Trump has one speed and one speed alone, and that's all he can do. So yeah. and the impulse, the impulse control of a border collie on crystal meth. Yeah, right, right, right. So before we get into all of that, I, I want to talk about what's going on in Kansas right now, because this is the next phase in the holy war against trans people being engaged by Republicans. This uh, Kansas anti-trans law was just passed by overriding the governor's veto, Governor Kelly. Kansas Republicans have successfully overridden the governor veto to now authorize genital inspections for children in order for kids to play sports. Now, that's a very broad reading of what this is. It's not all children, and it's not even necessarily trans children, unless a parent or maybe an opposing side or maybe another coach or whatever objects to the existence of maybe a trans person on one of the teams. Or tra- What we're talking about here are trans girls playing with cis girls. And if someone objects to that, then that would engage either an inspection of the trans girl's birth certificate or the trans girl's genitals. So that's this is going to be yeah. so humiliating. I mean, I hope yeah. to God that, that you know ACLU or somebody manages to harpoon this <clears throat> bullshit because that stage of life is already awkward and and difficult and embarrassing enough. And if you're you're a girl who has a boyish look, yeah, or you're built very solidly, you know, against what our conventional society's mm-hmm. goals of like tiny little yep. Barbie doll girls are, and some asshole parent on another team is like, that's a boy. So, like, yeah. now you're 13 years old and your fucking coach or school nurse or somebody is going to yank down your pants and make sure you don't have a penis. Like, I just, yeah. the humiliation and what the other kids are going to do with that, I just, mm. Mm-hmm. There are only 11 students out of 109,402 students registered in activities in Kansas who happen to be transitioning. Only 11 out of 109,000 are transitioning, and not all of them are playing sports. I believe there are only two trans girls who are engaged in sports, in, in high school or some sort of student sports, in all of Kansas. So this piece of legislation was essentially targeting Two children. Two. Now imagine being one of those two children. Imagine being the 11 children who are transitioning. These are children with targets on them now. 
targets as far as bullying and just the last thing you want, especially as a trans kid, is to be singled out, is to have attention called to you. Because, of course, what comes after that is bullying. What comes after that are beatings. What comes after that is all forms of cruelty. Social sanctioning. Yeah, that other kids. Yeah, exactly. Both both adults and children tend to subject children to all forms of cruelty if they're different. And it might just be psychological cruelty. But in this case, what we're talking about is the possibility of genital inspections. I mean, can you imagine, like, oh, you know what? She had to go in for genital inspections. Oh, my God, she's different. Let's go and attack her because that's what children do. Children are cruel sometimes. And by the way, Jody, you're really not fired from the show. I just want to be clear about that. It's okay. No, I'm just listening. All right. (laughs) She's over there in a monumental sulk right now. I and just, like, you know, we're we're nuanced. We're Democrats. Yes, we're nuanced of people. course. You did <laughs> absolutely. I'm glad you said nothing, that. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> if you don't know, I'm sure not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that veto was overridden on Wednesday with a 84 to 40 vote in the House and a 28 to 12 vote in the Senate. God damn it, what I've been saying about state legislators, state legislatures, I don't know why I can't fucking talk today. What have I been saying about state (laughs) legislatures? You know what I mean? Both chambers barely met the two-thirds threshold to override the governor's uh, veto. The third uh, year in a row in which Kelly has rejected, Governor Kelly has rejected this legislation. Kansas is now the 20th state to pass a transgender student-athlete ban into law. 20 states... This is all emerging out of that Red Hat Entertainment Complex. In fact, the this is the Ouroboros. percentages. Yeah. The odds of your kid ending up playing soccer against, I just, it it makes my fucking brain melt. It's, yeah. I, I, I can't even, it's like this whole like locker room thing and we don't want trans women in our, it's like, how often is this happening? Right. And it's not affecting anyone else. And if you're concerned about sportsmanship or whether your kid's team wins a game when they're in ninth grade, who the hell cares? I mean, seriously. Oh, We're talking man, you about high been to school a small student. town. Well, you know, Those look, people I, take it way too seriously. I've seen Friday Night Lights for sure. I mean, I know how radical some of these towns can get about their high school sports, but ultimately, we're talking about high school sports here. And if there are only two kids wanting to play sports who happen to be trans girls, so be it. Oh my God, is that going to throw the whole world off kilter? Is the world going to start spinning backwards on its axis now because there were two children in the entire state of Kansas out of 109,000 who are trans girls? This is just obscene. This is, you know what this is? This is 109,000 high school students in Atlanta. This is kind of like, I mean, this is the big, dumb, empty square states are running policy for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And they only have 104,000 kids. It's just, God damn it. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I just, uh, Well, I know how you feel. This is, uh, once again, if you have trans friends, please reach out to them and tell them that the whole world hasn't gone insane, that they still do have friends. They still do have people who have their backs, etc. This legislation requires children to participate in school activities based on the gender they were assigned at birth from elementary school to college. Challenges could require them to undergo genital inspections or require a birth certificate for proof of the child's gender. So that's the 
essential parameters of this law, but who's going to be the genital inspector? A Catholic priest, probably, or a youth pastor. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like... I don't know if you saw, but the I think it was the Boston Diocese. Maybe it was. I oh no, it's Baltimore. We're going to talk about the Shatter Docket. Yeah, we're going to get into okay. what happened in Maryland in Maryland uh, with the Catholic priests uh, on the Shatter Docket. That's one of the stories we have lined up for that show. Patreon.com/slash Bob Seska Show. That's a big deal. Um, meantime, the Florida Senate passed a plan that would ban gender affirming care for children diagnosed with gender dysphoria. So children diagnosed with an actual thing won't be allowed to be treated for that thing. So gender dysphoria is real. This is not some invented hypothetical construct that people have just decided exists, but which really doesn't. It actually does. And gender-affirming care, of course, remedies some of that, or remedies all of it, depending on the case, depending on the psychology. And so this bill... And for children, I mean, we're talking about kids over probably the age of 12 and 13, but it's not irreversible. These are just delays of puberty until yep. the kid or, you know, is old enough to make long-term permanent decisions. So this whole idea that, like, 10-year-old boys are getting their penises cut off, which is what they're... Yep. I mean, this is... A, That's not like, I, I don't think most conservatives even realized that a trans man was a thing until Nashville. Like, there's this is strictly about like their internalized sexism and misogyny, and they just like their belief in the almighty phallus. As the it's just like they're like, oh my god, you can't cut off a boy's penis, you'll just destroy him. And it's like, it's not that. I, uh, yeah, A, nobody's doing that. B, you guys place a lot of importance on genitals for people who aren't supposed to be groomers, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a very small number of children, once again here, that essentially affects no one else. Right. This is one of those situations where what the Republicans are doing is, while they're screaming about, you know, the government getting in between children and their parents, that's exactly what the Republicans are doing right now. Because in order to get gender-affirming care if you're underage, you need to have your parents uh, sign off on that. Your parents need to approve of that. Yeah. This is just, this is the rules. The American Association of Pediatrics has listed this as a requirement. You cannot get gender-affirming care unless you have the sign-off from your parents. And it's just the law. That's just how it goes. And to say that, okay, well, we're going to ban this is um, completely stepping into that realm of interfering in family decisions. It's none of the Republicans' business. And the only reason they're doing this, by the way, is obviously because they love to demonize people who are different. But mainly, this is about continuing to feed the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. And make money. Yeah, yeah this is like uh, red meat for Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles and Ben Shapiro and all those guys who are busily uh, screaming on their podcast every damn day about trans people, about trans kids specifically, spreading all of this disinformation, leading to death threats and bomb threats against hospitals and physicians. So the Republicans know that they can keep feeding that and that will continue to bring in the fundraising dollars. This is like the military industrial complex, but for bullshit and disinformation. 
That's essentially what's going on here. The bill, SB 254, this is again in Florida, prohibits anyone under the age of 18 from undergoing surgeries or hormone therapies associated with gender-affirming care. Legislation comes after the Florida Board of Medicine and the Florida Board of Osteopathic Medicine at the urging of Republican Governor Ron DeSantis adopted rules that barred all doctors from treating minors with the surgeries and prescription treatments back in November. Those rules went into effect last month. Florida is one of 13 states that have have enacted bans on transgender care. 20 states have passed uh, bans on transgender student athletes. Now, 13 states have enacted bans on transgender care. And whatever the fuck happened to small government? I mean, who's yeah, enforcing this? Yeah. Like child and, uh, you know, child def- protective services, they're not busy already. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have enough to do with the pandemic and, you know, millions of people out of their homes and shit. It's like, are, is it going to be the sheriff's department? Yeah. I mean, who are you? I, I just, uh, it's, yeah. and, like, I thought that y'all were supposed to be. Exactly. The fucking freedom folks. You know, that's your thing, right? And freedom means you do your thing. And I do my thing, and you mind your own fucking business. So, like, I live my normal queer life, and you go back to fucking your half-sister or whatever it is you do in your spare time. Yeah. Homer. This is the, like, whole foundation of your thing, isn't it? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't Florida the same state that's prohibiting girls sixth grade and younger f- from talking about their periods? That is a good question. I think I seem to remember something along those lines. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't even want little girls who are getting their periods as young as eight years old nowadays. Thank you very much. Hormones in our food. Yeah. Um, They're like, sometimes it's the first time you have it and you're at school. I think it's so hilarious that Republicans are screaming about cancel culture when, in fact, the Republican Party is the trying to cancel the entire women's body. They're that LGBTQ community. I was going to be a little sillier about it. I was going to say they're the town elders from Footloose, basically. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, just well, and then we're going to talk about Idaho, right? Uh, yes, we did. I mean, we talked. We we talked about that last week. We talked about yeah, uh, Idaho I think it's last official, Thursday. I think it's official this week. They're voting officially to disallow minors traveling interstate. For How are they going to check? Okay, so basically, if you're a minor <laughs> and you leave the state to get abortion care and it's not your parent taking you, okay, mm-hmm. anybody other than your parent will then be arrested. Now, what are they going to do? Check at the border? Well, no, it's that's the mistake we made last week or the confusing thing from last week was that the Huffington Post headline said interstate travel, meaning travel right. to another state. Right. They, they meant to write intrastate travel right. because this law has specifically to do with traveling to some other location within the state of I- Idaho. You know what I mean? Where this is about if you take your child to a different town in Idaho to get abortion pills then you can be arrested for doing that. That's the... So, like, say I live in Cedar Rapids and I want to take my niece to... Uh, Boise. Boise yeah. to shop for her 13th birthday. Yes. Are they going to be, like, doing pregnancy tests in the mall parking lot? I mean, what's the deal here? Or is it going to be at the city limits? I don't... It, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where they would set up the checkpoints. I don't know how they would find out. I guess this would require some form of if you hear something or if you see something, say something. 
something. I remember back. Just imagine after, this like highway patrol, like you know, pulling over a car and asking a thirteen-year-old, "When was your last period, young man?" <laughs> yeah, you know. Like, yeah. Wait, wait. Just, here, here's the sidestep of what. Here's the. Here's what I just read. The sidestep okay. violating the constitutional right to travel between states. Idaho's law makes it illegal only in the in-state segment of a trip to an out-of-state abortion provider. So say you live in Pocatello, Idaho, which is pretty much a border city, right? Mm -hmm. And so you travel from Pocatello to the border, right? So you're still within Idaho, and then you go into Washington or Oregon to get the abortion service. It's the travel to the border that's the issue. You can actually leave the state technically, but how are they going to – what are they going to do? Every time a little girl – Anybody under the age of 18 leaves their house. She has to take a pregnancy test. Well, I guess that would also, though, include travel to a different town or a different location inside right. as Idaho, long as right? you, but, but basically, the idea is they don't want you leaving this because abortion is illegal in Idaho, period, end of statement. It yeah. is illegal in Idaho. No matter where you are in Idaho, it is illegal to get abortion care, okay? So traveling in-state to get an abortion is already illegal, technically. So what they're saying is if you travel outside of... Idaho to get an abortion, the travel between you leaving your city to the border is the problem. Okay. So if you can afford a helicopter, you're still, it's you're leaving the borders of the state. Well, I imagine too, there are all kinds of loopholes here that they may be trying to collect with this legislation. For example, if you have, let's say an adult uncle who has access to abortion pills or was able to order them, but you can't personally order them. And if you travel to that uncle's house, whoever is transporting you to pick up that medication, they would have to prove that you're going there to pick up the meds, I assume. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically the law states uh, abortion trafficking, barring adults from adults, mind you. So hi, two 17 year olds, Uh, (laughs) barring adults from obtaining abortion pills for a minor or quote, recruiting, harboring or transporting the pregnant minor without consent of the minor's parents or guardian. Uh, Anyone convicted of the law faces two to five years in prison and could also be sued by the parent or guardian of the pregnant person. Parents who rape their child will not be able to sue. Well, you have to prove that in court. So fuck you guys. Oh, God. Well, this is the police state that Republicans want everyone to live under. The party of small government is suddenly the party of big government. I mean, I challenged Michael Knowles on that, and all of his fanboys are like, no, we he's never not, said he, anything about small government. Yeah, no, we're not. He's not a small government conservative. He always talks about how he's, how he's a big government conservative. What? It's like what? That's a contra- That's God damn it! That's a contradiction in terms. That doesn't even make any sense. The central tenet of conservatism is small government. That's what defines conservative. And fewer regulations. I mean, yeah, yeah. Except with trans people. Except on genitals. Yeah. God damn it. Well, no, I mean, what they figured out is that all of the weirdos and mouth breathers who listen to their programs are easily frightened by things they don't understand. And one of the things they don't understand is, oh, what is this going on? Uh, the suddenly trans people? Oh, God. And so what they do is they tweak that fear constantly. And that's their way into the minds of their listeners. Once you have stimulated that fear cortex, you can then infect all other parts of whatever's left of their gray matter, their little teeny tiny chiclet brains. And make them not care about policies that take away their income and blight our economic, you know, future and destroy the planet. 
Yep, that's you exactly got, you it. All exercised about pronouns, you fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. While they send all the manufacturing jobs to non-union con- places where people can work at will, or yeah. you know, union busting places or overseas. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, congratulations. I, I say I joke about small minds and easily impressionable people, but you know, it's like Bill Barr is right there with them. I mean, there are so many people who have law degrees, who have achieved uh, substantial careers, and even they're brainwashed into this nonsense. I mean, Bill Barr was talking about this week about how Donald Trump doesn't have any self-control. So therefore, his attorney should never put him on the stand. He should never agree to testify in his case because he can't control himself. And this is the guy that Bill Barr wants to vote for again. I mean, Bill Barr said, oh, yeah, if Donald Trump is the nominee, of course, yeah, I'm I'm totally going to vote for him. Total lack of self-control is exactly what you need in a chief executive, of course. Yeah, someone who has the the nuclear codes, right? You want someone who is completely erratic and unpredictable to have access to the nuclear codes, right? But you know why Bill Barr is doing that? Because according to him, the greatest threat in America is the progressive agenda. And that's what he considers to be truly threatening. Because all of these demagogues have pumped into his head that Democrats are just running around wanting to cut off penises. I mean, that's the just thing. Just imagining it's like huddled around like, you know, a barrel fire while we're getting pelted by radioactive snow, the color of shit. And we can't drink the water. <laughs> and we're like fighting over expired boxes of Twinkies. And we're like, well, we sure halted the goddamn progressive agenda. That's right. You know? Yeah. Good job. They're not cutting off penises anymore, which they weren't doing in the first place. As, uh, Simon Rosenberg mentioned that yesterday on the show. The people he's talked to who are Trump supporters, the people he's encountered, albeit this is anecdotal, but the people he's talked to have all said, yes, the Democratic Party wants to cut off the penises of all children. Like, this is the uh, end game goal of the Democratic Party. It speaks so deeply to their subconscious shit. Yeah, I mean... You know, like, it's like nobody said anything about that, guys. And yet... That's exactly where you went. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean. Freud, paging Dr. Freud, white courtesy phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different dimensions to this brainwashing, to the nonsense that they believe. In a second, we're going to talk about Donald Trump uh, and the Republicans wanting to. And it's not just Donald Trump. It's all the Donald Trump copycats, too. Marjorie Taylor Greene and the others. They all wanted to fund the police. I mean, they're actually saying we want to defund the FBI. We want to defund the Department of Justice. There was maybe two or three activists who were calling for defunding the police back in 2020 during the George Floyd protests. This wasn't a thing that Joe Biden was repeating. This wasn't a thing that Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or AOC. It was the immigrant caravan of 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was like their phantom menace. But like, it's like the number of trans kids trying to compete in high school athletics. It's like this is a statistically invisible thing that you guys have blown up mm-hmm. into this colossus of an issue. Yeah. That and then done irreparable harm to people. And yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Please proceed. <laughs> well, no. I mean, all I was going to say was. There weren't any Democratic leaders who were calling for defunding the police, but now Republican leadership 
is calling for defunding the police. That's the disparity. Well, so in a second, we're going to talk about uh, Judge Mershon being targeted with death threats. The mob doesn't even do that. Do they? Right. Isn't that a rule? No, they don't. The Families are off. Families are hands-off families. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on which mob. The Russian mob is all about getting hold of your family. That's true. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, right. mafia, I guess, mobs. You mean Italian mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, today's show is brought to you by the After Party Podcast on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth show for the week, a fourth podcast. This one, the After Party, is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday After Party Podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the stuff we can't get away with on the free show. So please... Please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday After Party for just $10 per month. And bonus, you're also going to get two Shadow Docket shows every week included in that level of support every Tuesday and Thursday, by the way. That's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. And we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska! Guitars sound amazing. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> this is the great prehab. And a nice. song called Liar Liar. Yeah, it's Jason Kay's band. One of my favorites here on the show. BobSuska.com slash music to submit. And make sure to go to this episode at BobSuska.com, dated 4623. Click on that link. Scroll on down. You can listen to the show there if you want. And also, we've got all of the uh, links to support our indie bands here in the show. So make sure you do that to uh, add prehab to your record collection. Thank you for doing that. Okay. This uh, keeps getting crazier and crazier and crazier uh, just in the past few days. <laughs> we talked about this, obviously, uh, at the top of the show. But Judge Mershon had to like warn Donald Trump not to be an a-hole. And then Donald Trump turned around and was an a-hole <laughs> at, at his uh, rally. I mean, all kinds of shit went down after he was warned. So there's probably a gag order sometime in Donald Trump's future. Yeah. Uh, if not straight up contempt 
I mean, that could also be a thing. And with contempt, that's one of those situations, unlike contempt of Congress, that's where the bailiff can come along and say, okay, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you're, we're taking you to a jail cell. And yeah. you're going to sit and you're going to think about your actions there as you poop into your double diapers. So roughly six hours after pleading not guilty to 34 counts of filing false business records, Trump called the judge overseeing the case a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family. Uh, the operative words in that sentence being wife and family. Judge Juan Marchand had you asked— anytime anybody mentions Bear on their lake or Melania, they're like, family's off limits! And oh, so yeah. it's a Democratic family or someone who they perceive as threatening to their interest, and then the fucking crosshairs are out. It's yeah. Just like, well, this is like what I was talking about with defund the police. There are no Democratic leaders, not a single one. I don't know a single member of Congress or a, a staff member of the White House or a member of Senate or, or state governments, etc. I don't know a single Democratic Party leader who is out there going, okay, so-and-so's wife and child have to be the target of our rage and anger. That's not happening. This is exclusively a Republican thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr. all posted photos of the judge's daughter on social media. And that was, I think, while Donald Trump was still sitting in the courtroom, scowling and pooping in his diapies. (laughs) So... Judge Juan Mershon had asked Trump during his arraignment to, quote, please refrain from making statements that are likely to incite violence or civil unrest or jeopardize the safety or well-being of any individuals. Nevertheless, Trump went ahead and singled out Judge Mershon and Mershon's daughter, who is president of a digital campaign strategy agency that's worked with Biden, plus uh, Kamala Harris and other Democrats. Trump also called the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg a criminal for, he claims, leaking information about the case. I never thought anything like this could happen in America, Trump told supporters at Mar-a-Lago. The only crime that I've committed has been to fearlessly... <laughs> That's funny, wait, just, this is like what we've all been saying since 2016, is like, I never thought something like this could happen in America. Welcome to the fucking party, DJT. Just like, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, as you were. Yeah, yeah. He said here, the only crime I've committed has been to fearlessly defend our nation against those who seek to destroy it. That's, well, first of all, that's Dude, not, your not fucking crime. shit-colored bronzer is a felony <laughs> in and of itself. You know, you fucking fat fuck. Oh, by the way, New York Police Department, wait a minute, 270. Oh, yes, okay. that's right. He finally reached 270. He finally got, that was the joke going around and on this Twitter. This is probably yeah. after months of Ozempic, yeah. you know? <laughs> Six he's one. like mainlining that shit. Go yeah, ahead, and he's actually lost weight since he left the presidency. Yeah, he has, because he's, he's probably not stress eating. Yeah. So now he's officially, according to New York police, the NYPD, he's, I love that the NYPD was uh, measuring him and weighing him as part of the booking. That's so awesome, by the way. Uh, he's, he's 6'1 and 270. He's not 6'5, 230. <laughs> that's, that's out the door. That was Donald Trump tell, ordering his doctor, ordering... Ronnie yeah, where did Jackson. Ronnie Jackson put him at? At like 190 or something? <laughs> yeah. A lean, steel-hard, perfect Coke model figure <laughs> weighing in at a svelte 175 pounds. I do love him. But see, that's just Our the pr- thing. You know, like, yeah, I mean, that's just the, the gaslighting aspect of all of this. Like, oh, he never commits crimes. Even though we all know it. We all know. 
It's so incredibly obvious. It's like saying, oh, yeah, Bill Clinton, he didn't fuck around. JFK didn't fuck around. Are you kidding me? They're decent guys, family men. No, no, obviously it was very clear what was going on with their personal lives. Yeah, we figured this out. Yeah. Especially when he admits to it in on camera, because like you saw him like Sean Hannity trying to spoon feed him some like breathing room mm-hmm. on the documents thing. He's like, "Well, you wouldn't go like plug around in those little boxes and like try to get things." He's like, "Oh no, I did, I did. Yes. They're mine." He's like, "It's <laughs> like take the bait, dude." He's like handing yeah, you, exactly. you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, he can't even get a spoon-fed talking point right because yeah. he has the self-control of a toddler, right. <laughs> That's true, and that's exemplified here. I did it. Here. It was my right. Nixon got $18 million for the shit he stole from the White House. <laughs> uh, according to NBC News, in court, Trump showed no discernible emotion. Oh, I don't know about that. He looked pretty pissed off to me. That's an emotion. Yeah. He did, however, noticeably sigh when the judge warned he could be removed if he was disruptive. Trump sighed and said, I know. That's Donald Trump, like within the confines of a situation that he's never been. He has never been here. He doesn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. next. And so therefore he (laughs) is judge is like, listen, gringo. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Don't be thinking you're going to come Alex Jones up my fucking courtroom. Okay. And and Donald Trump is absolutely going to go after the jury too. I mean, he's going to be sitting there eyeballing the jury the entire time, evaluating the jury, you know, like he does where he tries to figure out, Oh, well that person must have bad genes. Uh, that person, you know, just like the same yeah, but Donald Trump. He can't say nonsense. anything about it. He can't. That's the thing is, like in this situation, he is, you know, he is only allowed to speak when he's on the stand. And if his lawyers have any sense at all, they will never put him on the stand. Oh yeah. no, he won't take the stand. That would just be that would be suicide. Oh yeah. Well, Bill Barr was exactly right. He doesn't have the self control to do it. He wouldn't be able to handle himself. I mean, I've seen him being deposed. And he does look irritated, which is fun to me. I love it when Donald Trump is under some form of duress and he's being forced to do something he doesn't have to do. Um, he crosses his arms like a three-year-old, like way up yeah, higher on his yeah. chest, you know. Yeah. And he occasionally gets belligerent. Um, Can but- you imagine if he were cross-examined in a criminal open trial? Oh my God, he'd want to get up and leave. Yeah, and that's the amazing thing because. This is something that he's never had, as I said before, something he's never had to go through before. Like with the depositions and so on, these were all civil cases. These were all lawsuits where Donald Trump ultimately is in familiar territory, where he knows that at some point the end game is I'm going to settle for pennies on the dollar. And that's how I'm going to wiggle out of this. It's the cost of doing business. But with this, it's something entirely different where... Mm -hmm the ramifications of him being himself are much more significant as far as punishment goes. So I don't know how that's all going to play out, but um, I'm actually kind of disappointed that they're not cameras in the courtroom for this because part of it is I want to see him suffer. I want to see him go through this. If he ends up serving time in some way, whether it's house arrest or whatever, I want there to be you a want 24 hour webcam. Yes. Yes, of course. We should all want that. Oh, they should let us like, like hunger games. Like we should be able to like introduce conditions to the cell for different amounts of money. Oh like, yeah. Drop the temperature 35 degrees. Take his blankets. <laughs> You know, like. um, just so you guys know, New York doesn't allow cameras in courtrooms at all. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm just saying it's wishful um, thinking. But yeah. there's a there is a bill that's gone to the legislature 
that would allow judges to decide whether or not they want cameras in the courtroom. Um, he wants in cameras, the though. He wants to be able to play to something. Yeah, he, but like, doesn't I mean? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, no cameras will offer them, him the opportunity to be able to frame the proceedings in the courtroom however he wants. But people will be there reporting on it. Yeah, so, that's true. But that's I like that he has to sit there and be like, nobody's watching this. There are no ratings. There's no money to be made. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here, tick tock, tick tock. You know, like the court reporter is taking down everything that's being said in the courtroom, so it's public record. End of statement. Well, that's true, but that's never stopped him before. There are lots true. of things that we all know how it actually went down that he is. Bob is like, I want fucking HGTV of the sweat rolling down his fat scrotum of a face. Well, what I'm saying Just, is, like, yeah. tracks in his foundation as he like sweats it on the witness stand. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, without cameras, he can say whatever he wants. He can tell. And ultimately, he doesn't Not matter. in a criminal court. Well, no, but he can say afterward. He can go out to the next nearest camera and just say whatever he wants in terms of what went on in the courtroom. The judge was so unfair. The prosecutor's so unfair. Two of those jurors, they, they're hate, they Trump haters. And so he can frame anything that goes on in the courtroom however he mm. wants without cameras in there. And or I mean, I think that know. the I think well I think that a few things are happening at once here. Uh, I think that he has is losing control of the narrative with yeah. regards to that. Like other people, like Jody said, will be their court reporters, stenographers, people who are you know members of the media. But also, I think his people are tired. You notice there wasn't any like huge mobs showing up to defend yeah. him anywhere this week. Like, and the whole notion that we would delay justice on any front because of, oh my god, we don't know what they'll do is completely ass backwards to me. Yeah. Like yeah. we should not be beholden to criminals to, with, in terms of accountability because of we're scared of how they'll react. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, fuck that. Yeah. But I just, I also feel like, like he's losing his grip on the narrative. He's losing his people. It's, and you know, the rabbis are getting shabbier and shabbier. And I just, I feel like this is the beginning of the end for him. Like the, his downward arc has yes. begun. Yes. Um, and uh, and I feel like it will be even more humiliating for him that there are not cameras there in the courtroom. I yeah. just think that he he was ready to like parade, you know, handcuff. He wanted TV. That's all he wants is to make TV, TV, TV. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he'll be stuck there in that little room that he can't leave with no cameras is going to drive him crazy. Yeah, yeah. But you know what else? The Lord taketh away cameras and giveth more courtroom sketches. So yes. I'm happy about that. I, I want to uh, poll both of you. I asked Buzz the same question on Tuesday. Uh, Jody, what do you think about the possibility of a gag order? Is Not that whether there's going to be one, but on one hand, and here are the sort of the multiple choice options in this. On one hand, gag order will shut him up. He won't be able to go on Troth Central. He won't be able to scream at his rallies about what's happening in this case, in his trial. <laughs> I'll never get sick of saying that. On the other hand, if there's no gag order, he could further incriminate himself, creating more crimes on top of other crimes. Judy. Right? What do you think? Which um, one? It's a fine line to walk with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because the judge, the admonishment yesterday or Tuesday was don't incite violence, yeah. don't do these things. So it's a limited admonition at the moment. Mm -hmm. Should 
he, you know, do with another baseball bat to Al- Alvin Bragg meme, uh, that could prompt a gag order because that is a violent threat. Or at least a veiled violent threat. Yeah. Um, if he says, oh, be there, you know, it's going to be wild, do that sort of thing because we know what that rhetoric does. That's different than him berating the prosecution or berating the judge or admitting to, yeah, you know, I cheat on my taxes because, by the way, this is also a tax problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the falsifying of records, because the first thing I said was when you falsify records, that means your taxes aren't being filed properly. Exactly. And that's one of the underlying crimes. And everybody's like, well, he's not being charged with that crime. Doesn't matter. The prob- It doesn't matter. It's the, it's the cover-up that's the problem. Mm. You don't even have to prove that he committed those crimes. You just have to prove that he tried to cover up a potential crime that either might be, it could be filed in the future. Yeah. Uh, the fact of the matter is taxes were part of the statement of facts from Alvin Bragg. And that were, that's where I went. I was like, this sounds like a tax problem that Michael Cohen is very well aware of. And so is Alan Weisselberg. And there was a a mystery witness before the indictment came down. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, if they, they, he gets a gag order, it will be specific to violent threats and then probably will let him hang himself. I, I think it would be better to have the gag order, quite honestly. I do too. I, I mean, mean it's safer it, w- for everybody. Yeah, plus I'd rather not gild the lily with this. He's already being charged on 34 counts here. I mean, they had to take down, the DA's office in New York had to take down their bios of all of their assistant DAs because of, you know, the potential for doxing and and there are all kinds of threats being circulated against Mm -hmm. those people. So this is all about uh, making sure uh, Donald Trump doesn't continue to do that. And look, ultimately, with bullies like Donald Trump, it's always a great thing when they're told no. Mm -hmm. And then there's some sort of legal enforcement mechanism (laughs) with that no. So handing down a gag order against Donald Trump, not only is telling him no, but it's also leaving open the possibility that he's going to violate that gag order and then end up having to serve jail time because he's violated the gag order. So that's my thing. That's what I love to imagine in this. So I'm leaning more toward the gag order side of this equation. What do you think, David? Anything that results in less of his running, less of him running his big fat scrotum mouth. (laughs) Um, Like I just, I'm in, I'm in favor of, uh, he will spin the fuck out of it though mm-hmm. and be like I'm a martyr now conservative speech my first amendment rights wah, wah, wah. but like yeah. I would love to see him told being told no and having to f- abide by it I also think like that is the cruelest thing you can do to him because he lives to whine exactly. he lives to incite yep. he lives to go in front of the cameras or go on Fox News or like you know phone in interviews or whatever and just like whine mm. about how awful everyone mean everyone's being to him and uh, I yeah no I think that he should be kept away from cameras and microphones as much as possible yeah please. yeah but because um, I really do feel like it's radioactive mm-hmm. like I feel like he is just so toxic that we it, that even reporting on him like sp- continues to spread his message so i really look forward to him you know being consigned to the silent dust heap of history yeah yeah uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement on this. Uh, we're all pro gag order. <laughs> so if it happens, see if they do, if they do put one on him though, and he violates it, and then they can't enforce it, 
that's going to make the government look weak. What they would probably do, I, I, first off, I disagree with everybody that's saying we can't jail the man. It's really easy. Put him out of general pop. His yeah. two, you know, his yeah. secret services every ISIS. twelve hours. I please, you know, it's like come on, and it, you know, if he needs, if we're going to keep the secret services, they're great. You get one one guy for twelve hours, another guy for twelve hours. Who fucking cares? He's behind bars. He can't go anywhere. Nobody can get at him. A two. Were they not to do what they're supposed to do when somebody's in contempt of court? Then you send him back to fucking Mar-a-Lago or Trump Tower even better because they hate him in New York. Mm -hmm. And then you take his TV away. You take his phones away just like he's in prison and he can't go fucking golfing. Oh, God, please put an ankle monitor on him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please, 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 please. (laughs) Take his internet away. I mean, that's the main thing. Yeah, take his internet and his television away and boom. And you can't travel. Boom. Done. End of statement. Can you imagine him ricocheting off the walls of that place? Oh my God! Who's going to actually do it? Who's going to physically remove those things from his <laughs> possession? The state of New ready. York would. The state of New York would go in with, um, you know, cops and just confiscate things like they do with other criminals. They will confiscate his internet capability. Just pull out oh, the please. Wi-Fi. Pull out the Ethernet cable. Yeah. Pull out television sets. Pull out phones. No cell phone. Right, you know, he, he you can has, only have a landline, and you you're monitored on it. We are going to listen to your fucking phone calls unless you're talking to your lawyer. We've already got taps up for Trump Tower, so yeah. I mean, honestly, the, you know, when you're in prison, they I hope they do. Yeah. Um, but when you're when you're in jail, your phone calls and everything is monitored unless you're talking to your lawyer. Yeah, that's the thing, David. You raise a good point. There, we're already wiretapping Trump Tower, so that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Obama. it was actually we were spying on like foreign operatives in this country. Right, and they of just happened to be all living at Trump Tower. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's the joke. But I mean, that's the thing. He has a residence in New York City, uh-huh. so it's not like we're not talking about a jurisdiction problem where NYPD would travel to Mar-a-Lago or something. That's out of the question. He would be ordered confined to, to yeah, confined to his home in New York City. But it's, I, I see, like, first we, get, first we have to get him out of Florida. Yeah. Oh, we can um, get him. It's the U.S. Marshals would go get him. By the way, Donald Trump and Michael Cohen, quote unquote, met in the Oval Office at the White House yeah. in order to confirm the false and fraudulent repayment scheme. Yeah. Yeah, we so, knew that. Yeah. That was where his recording was from. Where Trump's like, well, could we use cash? And Cohen's like, no, 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 no. No, I thought that was in, I thought that was in the offices in Trump Tower. I thought that was at Michael Cohen's uh, office. I, I thought that was in the Oval Office. Uh, no, I don't think we have tapes inside the Oval Office. I but think the, we have. But the fact that he did a payment during his time in office yeah. stops the statute issues. Right. Mm. Well, also, I, I've been saying for some time now that those checks were signed in the Oval Office. Yes. And those of us who you know were around and paid attention during the Obama years know how the Republicans lost their minds when Barack Obama dared to not wear a suit jacket in the Oval Office. And here, Donald Trump is not only meeting with his fixer attorney about how to pay and falsify records, how to pay off porn stars in the Oval Office, but he's potentially signing those hush money payments while he's sitting there at the Resolute desk. Don't fucking lecture us anymore about feet on the desk, not wearing a jacket, tan suits, any of that horse shit. This These are is, just all yeah. earmarks of how fucking desperate they were mm-hmm. during the Obama administration oh, yeah. to grab yeah. onto anything. I mean, they went after the fucking mustard. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope the, you like your fancy 
burger, Mr. President. And did they, Hannity, like, wasn't arugula also arugula, an offense to people? Gherkins. That was like arugula was something they were attributing to to liberals and progressives that we were eating that. But the president, I mean, President Obama, I don't think ever. There was nothing to do with that. Like it was something I made up. Well, he was putting also gherkins in his egg salad. Like there was oh, some no. report about his egg salad recipe that he made for his kids, and one of the ingredients was gherkins. And I remember Michelle. Oh, the horror! Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> That's essentially you did a great impression of Michelle Malkin right there, because that was <laughs> she went absolutely bananas over the fact that Barack Obama put gherkins in his egg salad. That's the, the worst they could do. Was to say, oh my God, look at Obama with gherkins. Oh my God, uh, arugula. Oh my God, tan suit. Lame, lame, lame. They couldn't get anything on that guy. Uh, but yet their guy. How many crimes are we up to now? I lost count. <laughs> He's like doing Eleven like, billion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like six or seven major crimes before breakfast each day. You <laughs> know, before they gave him his fucking egg McMuffin. So uh, Mike Pence is going to testify to the Jack Smith grand jury regarding January 6th. So they're uh, in the process right now of putting together charges that involve conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress. That's one of the things that the grand jury is looking at right now as far as Donald Trump goes. And now Mike Pence, I think, will feed, or Mike Pence's testimony specifically, will feed right into that pursuit so that is fantastic. He's not going to appeal. He's just going to go ahead and do it. There are, cert- are going to be certain ground rules, I guess, that are going to get established for this. But ultimately, there will be the former vice president's testimony on the record with the grand jury. He is, he is totally going to get indicted. <laughs> He's going to get indicted, I think, by both of these grand juries. I don't know how he oh, escapes yeah. any of this. It's very clear. We're talking about the two grand juries in Washington, D.C., one having to do with the Mar-a-Lago documents, one having to do with January 6th. I think Jack Smith is overseeing both of those uh, potential I think Lindsey Graham's going to get indicted in Georgia. I do, too. Do you see? He's, he was, like, so bug-eyed and frantic. He's freaked out yeah. right now. On TV, and he was, like, trying to tell people to put their money straight to Trump's legal defense fund. I, I'm like, he's not going to cut you any of that money, Lindsey. He doesn't pay his own fucking lawyers. He's not going to pay yours. Well, plus, Lindsey Graham is rapidly becoming Donald Trump. Did you notice that he's now yeah. got the hair and makeup? Strength. He was so weird looking. Everyone was talking about it on Twitter yesterday. Mm, on, on I didn't notice. Wednesday. Yeah, there were uh, some screen grabs of him on Fox News where he w- it looked like he had like a, a spirit Halloween Trump wig on. <laughs> I, really? Like Lynn Wood bad, like Lynn Wood hair. You know, like Lynn Wood is like the real deal Trump cosplayer as far as the Trump inner circle people. <laughs> and Lindsey Graham is competing on that front. Lindsey Graham. More than the, Boris Johnson? Oh, Boris Johnson. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know if Boris Johnson was a Trump cosplayer, but I do know that Lindsey Graham is trying his best, which is so bizarre to see middle-aged men or upper middle-aged men that are so impressionable. When I was six years old, I wanted to be Spider-Man. And so I had a Spider-Man mask and I wanted to be Spider-Man. We all do that when we're kids. We see superheroes and so on on TV and we want to be those superheroes. Well, these are grown-ups. Some of them collecting Social Security, for God's sake. And they see Donald Trump and they're they're like, I want to dress exactly like that guy. I want to talk like that guy. I want to be Donald Trump, mommy. Strength. And that's 
That's exactly see, look at Lindsay, Lindsay. Look at how what a pathetic creature Lindsey Graham already is. Yeah. You're a gay man who's gone to work for the Republican Allegedly. Party. Allegedly. Mm. Have yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you are uh, okay. Uh, you are Lindsey Graham. You're a, a possibly highly like if Lindsey Graham isn't gay, then God missed a fucking golden opportunity. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, but like, I mean, but you've gone to work for the the, the most the queer haters. You know, yeah. you you got your start when Jesse Helms was still in office, and he was the senator from your neighboring state. But you have basked in this the, the life of a senator for your entire adult life. Uh, which is like kind of like being 13th century nobility. I mean, people yeah. open doors for you. They defer to you because everybody back home wants you to drop some money on them mm-hmm. uh, through policy decisions. So, like, he is already, like, living in the closet, allegedly. Uh, but, like, just such a – and he was, like, attracted to John McCain because TV cameras were close to John McCain. Yeah, and then he went straight to Trump when John McCain was gone, and Trump was hogging the cameras. He's so desperate for attention and such a pathetic suck up and wannabe that, of course, he's like a dog that started to resemble its master. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And the other thing I want to add here before we take a break is, if any Democrats, I'm talking about Democratic political leaders, have committed crimes and there's evidence of those crimes, feel free to prosecute guys. Seriously. I mean, if you want to yeah. send yeah. your DAs and send your attorneys general after uh, whoever the Democrat might be in your We're state or the federal government. Yeah, exactly. You prosecute those crimes. Go ahead. See what happens. I know you guys investigated already Hillary Clinton for uh, most of Donald Trump's one pathetic term as president, starting in 2017, going all the way through into 2020. The Department of Justice investigated Hillary Clinton, as Donald Trump promised, and found nothing but go ahead, see if you can find something again. I dare you. I don't think you'll be able to do it. Not going to happen. If it wasn't able to happen during all of those congressional hearings, the House Republicans investigating Hillary Clinton while she was running for president, by the way, it's not going to happen. It's just not. So good luck. Best of luck to you, a-holes. All right. I, we still have to talk. Speak of a-holes, we got to talk about Clarence Thomas here. Um, there's some bad news coming out of the Wisconsin special election. Potential bad news, I should say. Uh, we're going to talk about that before we wrap up the show. Uh, back with more podcasting right after these words. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Bob 
world is not my empire Your silence is a line of tone Cause rain turns soil to sludge A tears turn angry scars God, I love this song. This is Antiquity and a song called oh, yes. Shelter from a Storm. Yeah, get get your asses to the website, bobseska.com, to download this song. And uh, the entire Antiquity record collection from your favorite digital music provider. Yes, indeed. Okay, uh, a few more things to talk about here before we wrap up the Thursday show. Uh, Clarence Thomas should be impeached. I don't imagine John Roberts is going to do anything about this. But no. ProPublica <laughs> discovered that, yeah, Clarence Thomas has received uh, undisclosed luxury gifts from far-right political donors and oligarchs. Uh, in late June 2019, right after the U.S. Supreme Court released its final opinion of the term, Justice Clarence Thomas boarded a large private jet headed to Indonesia. He and his wife were going on vacation, nine days of island hopping in a volcanic archipelago on a super yacht, staffed by a coterie of attendants and a private chef. If Thomas had chartered the plane and the 162-foot yacht himself, the total cost of the trip would have exceeded $500,000. Oh, is that all? Fortunately for him, that wasn't necessary. He was on vacation with real estate magnate and Republican mega-donor Harlan Crow who owned the jet. Why did that sound like, like a Jiminy Glick name? Harlan Crow, um, <laughs> who owned the jet and the yacht too. For more than two decades, Thomas has accepted luxury trips virtually every year from the Dallas businessman without disclosing them. Documents and interviews show. A public servant who has a salary of $285,000, he has vacation on Crow's super yacht around the globe. He flies on Crow's Bombardier Global 5000 jet. He has gone with Crow to the Bohemian Grove, the exclusive California all-male retreat, and to Crow's sprawling ranch in East Texas. And Thomas typically spends about a week every summer at Crow's private resort in the Adirondacks. The extent and frequency of crows. Jesus fucking Christ! I mean, it's just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. Uh, it, it, um. <laughs> okay. Well, the extent. I guess I'm trying to imagine actually being like the the unfortunate personnel on that yacht when Jenny comes down to the galley <laughs> with a complaint. You know, hi, I'm Jenny, and we thought, you know, just yeah. Oh God, the fucking evil, high-handed. Entitlement. So he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a Supreme Court justice. I'm supposed to be a neutrally adjudicating the laws of the land at the highest level. Yeah. But right wing donors take me to the fucking Swiss Alps, you know, or the Indonesia volcanic island topping in a super yacht. And it's. Uh. Yep. Uh, federal judges sit in a unique position of public trust. They have a lifetime tenure, a privilege intended to insulate them from pressures and potential corruption of politics. A code, <laughs> uh, Sorry. I know. I know. A code of conduct for <laughs> federal judges below the Supreme Court requires them to avoid even the ap appearance of impropriety. Members of the high court, Chief Justice John Roberts has written, consult the code for guidance. The Supreme Court is left almost entirely to police itself. 
Crow met Thomas after he became a justice. The pair have been genuine friends, according to people who know both men over the years. Some details of Crow's relationship with the Thomases have emerged. In 2011, the New York Times reported on Crow's generosity toward the justice. That same year, Politico revealed that Crow had given half a million dollars to a Tea Party group founded by Ginny Thomas which also paid her a $120,000 salary. But the full scale of Crow's benefactions have never been revealed. Once again, this is a situation where Clarence Thomas is busily adjudicating cases before the Supreme Court that affect people like Harlan Crow. And so, therefore, (laughs) this is a massive conflict of interest. These are bribes. I don't care how buddy-buddy they are. Yeah. Harlan Crow is bribing Clarence. And by the way, I am going to say it like that every single time. Just I'm warning you. Uh, to, to get Clarence Thomas to do him favors. That's what Harlan Crow's job here. Harlan Crow. Um, so that's this particular story. I, I, I hope something comes of it. I don't think that it will. But uh, you never know. What would be great here is in a sane world, Clarence Thomas gets impeached. Joe Biden appoints a replacement justice and suddenly the court or is four. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the court goes back to, what would that be? Five to four instead of six to three. So it'd be a little bit more even. We certainly wouldn't have a majority yet. Thank oh you, God. Susan Sarandon. Can you Sarandon. imagine the whiny ass titty baby fucking tantrum they would have on oh, the yeah. right? I know. If somebody moved to impeach yep. their African-American there. What is it? Trump said, look at my African-American over there. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the, the thing here is if Thomas had any integrity whatsoever, the integrity that a Supreme Court justice should have, he would step down. He would resign from the court because, you know, this just completely smears any sense of or any remaining sense of legitimacy that this particular court had. They got one of their guys taking money, taking gifts, taking luxury vacations from, you know, a guy who's been funding for his wife. Yeah. All right. We're the left wing billionaires. We're in the wrong racket, guys. We're on the wrong (laughs) fucking racket. We need to start talking about how liberals are the real racists and progressives are anti-queer. And we need to sell out and go Mm -hmm. get multi-book deals with Regnery and fucking get on the fucking super yachts. I will see you guys in the rave in the volcanic crater in Indonesia. Yep. Um, Okay. Yeah. And I'm also waiting for my Soros checks, by the way. Still not. Still not. Mine seem to be lost in the mail. I know. I don't know what's going on with the mail. I'm blaming Louis DeJoy for not getting Well, you my- know, Stephanie literally asked him when she was interviewing him one time years ago. He was on the phone, I guess, and she said, by the way, um, I've been told that you're supposed to be giving me checks. Can you start sending them? And he had, he said this, no. <laughs> yeah, I heard her tell that story. That's funny. <laughs> uh, meantime, uh, obviously, there was some really good news coming out of Wisconsin's special election and the election of Justice Janet Protasiewicz. Protasiewicz, I think that's right. Yeah, and that's great news. That's great news as far as abortion rights, great news as far as rolling back the Republican gerrymander of state legislature districts, etc., um, however, there is a darker side to what happened on Tuesday uh, during that special election. The, Loser? The, no, the Wisconsin State Senate now has a, a supermajority. So that supermajority of Republicans in the Wisconsin State Senate will be able to do things like impeach the Wisconsin Democratic governor. 
or impeach Janet Protasiewicz. This is something that could actually happen. Meantime, the North Carolina State Senate Republicans just secured a veto-proof majority. Republicans remain two seats short of a supermajority in the state house, however. And this is because a Democrat in the North Carolina State Senate flipped, flipped to being a Republican. And she said she did it because she caught a lot of flack for having an American flag on her car, saying that Jesus is in the chamber. Well, that would make me a little suspicious as far as whether she was a real Democrat. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if, if your convictions are that shallow, go on over there. Yeah. You know, and she'll be getting her book deal now. Yeah. They tried to purge, you know, I was a Democrat until they tried to come for Jesus. And Oh, yeah. no. She, her, her press conference basically said, this is not the Democratic Party I, I joined. There are now bullies now. And if you don't toe the line, you get bullied. And it's like, that doesn't sound like the Democrats. Well, the great you know, irony. It sounds to me like she bought that whole flack about the Democrats being in the Klan. She's like, when do we get to go to the road meetings? It's like, no, honey, <laughs> we don't do that over here. That's a myth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the great irony of that is I'm sure she was bullied by Republicans. Well, you know what? I take that back. She was incentivized by Republicans who came Mm. at her with a pile of cash. I'm not talking about maybe Republican uh, other politicians, other members of the state Senate. I'm talking about Republican donors, dark money groups, things like that. And they probably came to her and said, well, if you switch sides, just like Kirsten Sinema did, look at all the money you're going to inherit. How about them apples? Because that's the thing that Republicans have that the Democrats don't necessarily have this gigantic donor base of true believers. These are people who routinely hand over their life savings to televangelists and traveling faith healers (laughs) and things like that. And now it's they're handing over their life savings to people like Donald Trump. Don't take Donald Trump's fundraising as a result of this trial to mean that Donald Trump is suddenly powerful as far as politics goes. He's got a lot of money, but his support is, I think, either reached a ceiling or is beginning to recede. I think the tide is going out. Yeah. Yeah, Because I I feel like a lot of people actually figured out that when you get into battle, like on January 6th, A, you get arrested. Mm-hmm. And he won't come to jail and get you out. He's not. He doesn't walk on water, and it hurts yep. to get hit. Um, and B, there like, there's nothing in it for them right now. Like yep. January 6th, it was all about their votes, and they had a personal stake in it. But now it's just kind of his problem. Yeah, you know. Well, as I've been I saying, there was Trump fatigue. Or, I mean, rampant Trump fatigue. What, like five years ago, going into the 2018 midterms, people were just sick and tired of Donald Trump. COVID- I had that shit by season two of The Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I'm talking as a political leader, people are just done. I know most of us were done. Uh, most of us listening to this show, we're done with Donald Trump in 2015 as soon as he hit the escalator. But as far as general voters go, yeah, it was around 2018. Lost that He lost that election, lost in 2020. Uh, his party and lost, 22. fumbled 22. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he lost the popular vote in 2016. And now all of this shit, this trial and everything is going to land right into that fertile ground of Trump fatigue. And he so, still is raising money. It's just not the the amount that he was raising. Yes. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And protest, protest, protest turned yeah. out to be a big bust. So. Shatterdog we'll coming see. up next. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. See you over there. Bye bye.